0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, So on this episode, I'm going to continue what I was talking about on the last episode about sacrificial love. Um... You know, I've just still been stuck on this topic, really just the whole idea of sacrifice and love and really the beautiful picture of the gospel that we see in, in marriage. And whether you're married or not, it doesn't matter because everyone understands general principles of how marriage works. And really, it's just so beautiful to see a tangible picture of really what our life with Christ should look like. And so that's why I titled this one um, forsaking all, because I, I just keep hearing that phrase in my spirit and, and, and really just thinking about the weight of that and that Jesus told, you know, Jesus told his disciples that they had to, had to literally forsake all to come and follow him. They had to walk away from their old life. They had to walk away from everything that they knew to pursue this one man that they had met Jesus. And really, You know, there's a scripture in Song of Solomon. It says, I have found the one whom my soul loves. And, you know, likewise, if you're a a man or a woman and you find, you know, the person that you want to marry, you've found the one whom your soul loves. What do you do? What do you do in that instance? When you pursue a marriage with that person, right, you're committing to abandon the whole idea of ever being interested in anyone else, pursuing anyone else, looking at anyone else. So you're literally signing up to abandon, abandon the whole idea of dating and all that kind of stuff to pursue this one person whom your soul loves for the rest of your life. And that's exactly how it is with our relationship with Jesus. When you have an encounter with Jesus and you truly see his beauty and you encounter his love, it's going to cause you to want to forsake everything in order to pursue him. Like I said, on the last episode that Paul said, for I've lost everything that I might gain Christ. And really it only comes by having that revelation of Christ and of his love for us. And so just to recap, I talked about it in the last one too, obviously. Firstly, the man is the one that sacrifices and lays down his life. And I read that scripture in Ephesians 5, that a man shall leave his father and mother um, and cleave to his wife. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus left his father who was in heaven. He left his father to come down to earth to pursue his bride. He, in a sense, forsook all. He laid down his rights as God. He was, he was fully God, but he set aside his, his rights and his equality with God to take on human flesh and to pursue his bride, the one that he loves. And so we are called to do the same thing. When we have an encounter with Jesus, we are called to forsake all and pursue this one, who is Jesus, and so I want to talk about a few things in particular um, about this whole idea of forsaking all or abandoning all. It can sound kind of intense, but I want to give you some practical uh, examples. So, one of the things, and I'm going to relate it with marriage and also your relationship with Christ. So, the first thing I had written down here was when you when you decide that you're going to marry someone. You are ab- you're deciding to abandon all other relationships, not friendships, I mean romantic relationships, obviously. So you're deciding to abandon all other relationships with, with and really just to pursue this one person for the rest of your life. And so I want to re- start by reading you this scripture. In James 4, verse 4, He says, you are like unfaithful wives having an illicit love affair with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit who has whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us. And he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. So what does this mean? I'm saying really, so the the type of this, when you abandon all of the relationships to get married, it's the same. When you give your life to Christ, you have to break ties with worldly relationships that are going to continuously suck you back into a lifestyle of sin. And I'm not talking about like being mean and cutting everybody off. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about that there is a sacrifice of, okay, the crowd that I used to run with before is not the crowd that I'm going to run with anymore because I'm now in union with Christ and I'm not going to have an affair, a love affair with the world. I'm not going to go keep hanging around with someone who's headed in the complete opposite direction. When you turn your life in, in pursuit of Christ, you're headed in one direction. And oftentimes if you were, you know, when you're unsaved, you had friends that were headed in the opposite direction. And obviously, first thing you try to do is try to get them saved and you try to lead them to Christ with you. But a lot of times many of your friends because they know you so well, they may not receive it from you at first. And they're gonna want to keep going the way of the world. They're not gonna, they're not gonna want to come with you to church. And hopefully maybe some of them will. But the point is that you have to get to a point of Like that song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And you really have to get to that point that really it's like, okay, are you willing, are you willing to lose a few friends to pursue Christ? And I understand that when you're in that moment, it seems like that's everything. Your reputation, what people think about you, these people that you've been friends with your whole life. And again, like I said, it's not like you have to totally cut them off and you can't speak to them. But the point is, is that it's like, when you're coming into covenant with Jesus Christ, you're gonna have to give up a relationship or two to pursue him fully and that's just that's just the reality and i do believe that this is probably the number one thing that holds people back from intimacy with the lord is hanging on to those old relationships and and i just want you to think about it because it's really the same thing if you go to get married and you tell your husband yeah like look i'm not actually going to move in with you though when we get married um but i'm i'm just going to hang out with these guys over here um You know, that I used to date them, but like, we're like, I'm not going to like, we're not interested in each other, but I'm just going to go hang out with my ex-boyfriend. Like your husband would not be like happy about that. Why? Because you're putting yourself in a a not good environment. You're, you're, you're not, that is not pursuing the one you love. That's like the opposite. You're going the wrong direction. So it's not about what is allowed. Like, what can I do? Is that a sin to go hang out with your ex-boyfriend when you're married? If nothing happens, no, technically it's not a sin, but it's not something you want to do. And that's what Paul said. Not like, not all things are beneficial. You're free to do whatever you want, but not everything is beneficial. And really ask yourself, is, is this relationship I have with this person pulling me closer to Christ? Or is it pulling me away from Christ? Because every relationship at some point or the other is going to, one person is influencing the other. And hopefully you're influencing them. But if you're not, and they're not all about Christianity, they're probably going to start influencing you. And really, you have to come to that point where you break ties with those old relationships. Just like when you stand at an altar and you come into covenant with your spouse, you ain't gonna. You should not be texting other men or women, depending on your, if you're a guy. Like you should not be, you know, flirting with other people. <laughs> And it's the same thing in Christianity. That's what I like this uh, verse in James four, where he basically is saying, you're literally having a love affair with the world <laughs> because they were hanging out with carnal worldly people and doing what they do. And really they're supposed to be married to Christ. And so that's the first one, abandoning other relationships. And really just allowing the Holy Spirit to show you which relationships those are. Because everybody's different. Everybody has a different uh, past and experience and different relationships. But the Holy Spirit will highlight to you, this person is holding you back. And it's time to move on. <laughs> and, and really when he does that, you're going to experience a whole other level of intimacy in your relationship with God. Um, and then, so this is the other thing I was thinking about, um, speaking about like forsaking all. And I'm going to break this one into two points. But you have to, when you give your life to Christ or when you get married, you have to abandon the old way of thinking. So, and the first part I want to talk about with this is the old way of thinking of, firstly, independence. So before you're like married to someone, it's just you. You're doing your thing, Uh, especially if you've been like single for a long time. And you've or you've been unsaved for a long time you're so used to doing things your way you don't consult nobody you got all your own stuff you you've been doing things the same way for years you know and really so you know when you get married especially as a woman and you know as the church we're the bride of christ as a woman the bible says that we're to submit to our husbands that he is the head he's the head of the home he's the head of the marriage and so there's no longer this whole idea of like oh i'm just gonna go out here and do this i'm gonna go spend my money like this and go buy this and do this and i'm gonna go over here and and whatever no there's a there's a mutual decision making that begins to happen from the day you get married on out for the rest of your life and it's the same with your relationship with god when you get born again you are not just out here doing your own thing doing like god please bless whatever i'm doing. No, you need to figure out what does god want you to do? Jesus is the head. You are the body. The head is in control. And so and that's exactly what Jesus said when he came to earth. He said, "I only do what i see the father do." And so that's the same for us. You should only do what you feel the lord showing you to do. And i'm not talking about like going to work and like eating food. I'm saying like w- like every decision that you're making, you should be consulting the Lord as if you were married and you would consult your spouse is the same way. You should consult the Lord with every kind of decision you're making. And similarly, like I'm thinking of like a practical too with marriage, like you would discuss with your spouse, if you're spending like a bulk of money, you're going to discuss with your spouse, like what is that bulk of money going towards? And it's the same with the Lord. Every penny in your bank account belongs to God. The Bible says that all the silver and the gold belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. You are simply a steward of what belongs to God. So before you go spending bulks of money, it's very important to consult with the Lord if you're in a relationship with someone, you would make decisions with that person. And it's no longer me, I, it's we and ours. You know, everything is joint ownership, joint joint uh, decision making, all of that kind of thing. So you really have to reconstruct the way you think to be mindful of your spouse. And You know, like for instance, too, like if someone were to get married and be like, oh, but I'm not going to like move in with you. I'm just going to keep living in my own house. That would be insane. You would have a terrible, you would have a terrible marriage. And so it's the same with the Lord. He wants us to invite him into every single part of our life, every single day. And so that takes a renewing of the mind. Like it says in Romans 12, be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. And that's how you discover the will of God. And so that's the first part. Ab- abandoning the old way of thinking. Firstly, you have to retrain your mind that it's no, you're no longer independent, that you're now dependent on Christ, that you have, you're, you're in partnership with the Lord. And this is the last one I wanted to talk about, is you have to abandon the old way of thinking when it comes to your identity. Identity. and. This is so powerful um, because if you think about marriage, when a woman gets married, she, the Bible, and like I read that scripture, you leave your father and mother, there's, there's a separation that happens. There's a severing that happens between your parents and you, and you, you lose your last name and you take on the last name of your husband. And so you take on his identity. This, I think this one probably gets me more than every, all the other things, because when you give your life to Christ, really in reality, I'm no longer Victoria VZ. I'm actually Victoria, the anointed one. That is my identity in Christ. And you know, maybe you have great parents. I have great parents, but a lot of people don't have great parents and they're not saved. And Maybe there's a lot of stuff that runs in your family. Maybe depression runs in the family, alcoholism, drug addiction, whatever runs in your family, you have to understand you need to act, you need to get it in your head that your last name or that identity, that is not who you are anymore. When you give your life to Christ, you take on the identity of Christ. Whatever used to run in your family or whatever is associated with your natural last name, that's not who you are. That's not really who you are. That may be who you are in the natural, but that's not who you are in reality because you've been born of God. You're no longer um, a child of your, your mother and father. In the natural you are, but spiritually you are a son or a daughter of God. You have God's DNA. You have God's heritage. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is your elder brother. So you begin to associate with a new family. A new identity and everything, like, you know, for instance, like, this is a crazy example. I don't know where this is coming from. But for instance, Justin Bieber, he's someone famous. Say you marry Justin Bieber, okay? And you get his last name. Okay, that's a very, like, oh, wow, like, you're a Bieber. That That has, like, a stereotype with that last name. Like, you're like, oh, wow, that's a very famous, like, ooh, whatever. Well, it's the same way when you get saved and you get a new identity, there's a whole set of, um, what am I trying to say? There's a whole set of new qualities that go along with this new identity that you're taking on. And you have to retrain your mind to not see yourself as that old person that was, you know, whatever runs in the family, that's just how it's gonna be for me. No, no, I have a new identity. Victoria, the anointed one, and whatever your name is, say your name, say the anointed one. That's what Christ means. Jesus Christ, Jesus, the anointed one, Victoria, the anointed one. That's, that's your new identity. Jesus is my elder brother. I no longer associate with the old last name. I have a new last name, the anointed one. And so It's And it takes time. It takes time to retrain our minds. But I really do feel like as you meditate on these truths and like the reality of, of thinking of it this way, Jesus is our bridegroom. And I want to tell you that the marriage supper of the Lamb is probably closer than we all think. I'm just saying. We are in the final hour of the last days. And what's going to happen at the end of time? There's going to be a trumpet blast. and we who are in Christ will be caught up together with him in the air. And there will be something called the marriage supper of the lamb, where we will be in our fullness joined to Christ as the bride of Christ. And he is our bridegroom. So I just want to encourage you to think of your relationship with God that way, with the seriousness of this. It's a sacrificial covenant and it's it's a two-way covenant. There's a part that we have to play in this covenant but when we do that when we lay our lives down when we abandon all when we forsake all to pursue this one it is the greatest pleasure and the greatest intimacy and the greatest love that you have ever ever known and it's beyond worth it it is beyond worth it so i just encourage you today. Whatever has been holding you back from going all in for God, to lay it down, to abandon all, to abandon those old relationships, that old way of life, that old way of thinking, and to pursue Christ 110% in Jesus' mighty name. this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.